Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista. How's everybody doing today? Hope you guys are having a good week. This is Wellness Talk, the show that goes over the latest in health and healing, nutrition, fitness, and everything we can do naturally to live a long, healthy, and happy life. Glad you guys could be with me this week. And I uh, hope you guys are uh, bundled up because it seems like uh, winter is in full swing. We've got a lot of snow here in the northeast. And I know a lot of around uh, the country is... Um, some big storms that have been brewing lately. So hope you guys got uh, plenty of nutrition on hand as well as your vitamin D levels are uh, you're getting those checked and getting those up. Anyway, Wellness Talk uh, is for educational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure any illnesses. So please always consult your physicians when wanting to make major changes in health. Um, what will we start with today? We've got some good articles, one from Science Daily, and this is mainstream, uh, a mainstream article. This is Omega-3 Dietary Supplements Past the Blood-Brain Barrier. Well, they've finally caught on. Uh, it seems like a lot more of the major, this is, again, this is mainstream, a lot of more of the major institutes are realizing that omega-3s are so important, and they actually do cross the blood-brain barrier. So we're going to talk about why, how they do that, and how they affect you. Then we're going to talk about DHA as well, again, a little more omega-3, DHA and EPA that help people with dry eye syndrome. So a lot of people are affected by dry eye syndromes, especially in the winter months, uh, dealing with the cold and the dry air and, and that type of thing. So we're going to talk about how DHA can help you with that. Then excess belly fat linked to memory loss. This is from Dr. John Dulyard, and this was a study uh, regarding how belly fat uh, actually um, 
affects cognitive functions and cognitive decline. A lot of people are dealing with uh, excess belly fat, especially gentlemen out there, so hopefully we can reduce that. Then I'm going to go over six tips to help prevent holiday weight gain. A lot of people are going to be munching out this holiday season, including myself, but um, you know we want to try to keep it you know as healthy as possible and not to try to gain those pounds or gain as much weight as we uh, you know as uh, too much weight put it that way so uh, I'll give you a few tips from Dr. Mercola on how to do that and then finally our nutrient for the week is going to be dandelion and dandelion now um, has been shown to help inhibit cancer cell growth and I'm going to talk a little bit about how it does that and how you should be including dandelion in your uh, in your nutrition package. So we got a lot to go over today. So let's get started. Okay. So today we're going to start with an article from Science Daily about omega-3 dietary supplements that actually pass the blood-brain barrier. This is new research from a Carollo. A Carola Sinka Institute in Sweden, and it shows that omega-3 fatty acids actually can uh, cross the blood-brain barrier in people with Alzheimer's disease. And what it does, it's affecting known markers for both the disease itself and inflammation. Now, we know that Alzheimer's, uh, a lot of it has to do with a plaque, an amyloid beta plaque, and proteins that are actually kind of uh, causing a, a mess in the brain, if you, uh, for lack of a better term, and um, you know this is this is something that progressively happens over time. So this was a study again out in Sweden, and what they did was uh, this was a 33 participant uh, uh, a participate study, and 18 um, of those folks actually received a daily omega-3 supplement and 15 uh, placebo for six months okay and the results showed that the first group had higher level the first group uh, had higher levels of both DHA and EPA okay in their cerebrospinal fluid which surrounds the central nervous system and blood but um, and their DHA actually was correlated directly with the degree of change in Alzheimer's disease and inflammatory markers in the cerebral spinal fluid. So the so the omega-3 actually penetrated the blood-brain barrier and actually caused changes in the marker of inflammation. And they actually saw this. This is and this is very key, very important. Now you have to remember that omega-3 and other essential fatty acids accumulate in the central nervous system of the brain, okay, during gestation. But you got to remember also that omega-3 um, supplements are not a, you know, one-shot deal. They are an accumulation. So when you take them, you have to be taking them for a long period of time. So you have to look forward uh, because they, again, they 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 work their process by accumulation. So it's a little bit different than when you're giving somebody, let's say, a pharmaceutical drug that's designed to sledgehammer whatever it is that they're dealing with, and just knock it out within, you know, within a certain short framework of time. But the issue is that obviously, when you're using a pharmaceutical of that type, then you're going to knock out a lot of other systems, which gives you, you know, you know, a certain amount of side effects and and so on. But omega threes, what they do is they actually um, accumulate again in the central nervous system. Uh, of the brain, okay, and they actually start, um, you know, little by little building and starting to um, bring down the inflammation. Now, the blood-brain barrier serves to protect the brain from harm harmful chemicals um, and 
It exists naturally in the blood, but you know the chemicals that exist in the blood, but it also blocks the delivery of drug substances to the brain. So several diseases can affect the fatty acid profile of the central nervous system. And, and you know, Alzheimer's disease, for example, uh, has shown that, um, you know, is, is observed lower than, um, it, it's observed lower in people that had less uh, concentrations of omega-3 fatty acids. So this is very, very interesting information here, and this is very key in the study of Alzheimer's and how to affect it. Now, of course, you don't want to wait till you're getting to the point where you're, you know, you've, you're getting dementia or Alzheimer's disease. You want to, you want the accumulation process to start a lot earlier. So my suggestion would be, again, always start to taking, you know, make omega-3 supplements, especially DHA and EPA, part of your nutritional program, well before you start showing signs of cognitive decline. Um, especially if you're, you know, if you're a person that can be, um, you know, affected by that, and if you have a family history of that as well. So you want to start to do that earlier. So this way you can kind of keep that inflammation down and hopefully not have to deal with those types of things. So very key information here, a good study out of Sweden on omega-3s. Um, and, um, you know, just keep those things in mind as part of your nutrition toolbox. All right, also uh, on omega-3s, especially DHA and EPA as well, this is from Byron Richards uh, Wellness Resources. This is DHA and EPA help people with dry eye syndrome. Now, dry eye syndrome, okay, uh, is, you know, affect, does affect a lot of people. And, and usually people with dry eye syndrome, many times, usually that starts with some kind of inflammation somewhere. Uh, in the body and, and actually can affect even even thyroid issues certain thyroid issues can actually help uh, can affect the eye as well now this was a 12-week randomized controlled trial with fish oil in patients with dry eye syndrome and what it did is they showed significant improvements after eight weeks of DHA supplementation and not only that but they also there was also a notable a noticeable reduction in eye pain. Now the study used EPA, which was 1,245 milligrams a day, and DHA, which is 540 milligrams a day. And the authors concluded, and I quote, that fish oil supplements added to usual care may be effective in the treatment of dry eye. Now DHA and EPA are known to benefit eye. Uh, you know, eye health in multiple ways because they help improve uh, circulatory integrity within the eye. Also helps to reduce inflammation. Uh, again, not only in the brain and all t and in, in the body as well, but also within the eye. And again, this is another process by uh, that happens by accumulation. Okay, so DHA uh, accumulates in the eye and actually embeds itself into the eye structures, which kind of tends to lubricate the actual structures of the eye to help with the dry eye syndrome. So this is key, but you also want to have a, you know, plenty of antioxidants on board. You don't just want to rely on DHA and EPA to do this, but DHA and EPA, one of the big ones that can be helpful in this problem, but you also want to have things like plenty of antioxidants like vitamin A, vitamin E, all these types of things help with, uh, you know, just in general. And there was huge studies on, um, on how vitamin A affects the eyes and uh, you know and and how important it is to get that because again you can lose and you know especially in the eyes and the ears you can lose antioxidant status and that's what 
that's what the research is showing recently that you can lose a lot of antioxidants as you get older in these types of uh, you know in in these um, parts of the body so you want to keep a steady flow of antioxidants to keep things moving properly keep the antioxidants flowing properly and keep the eye lubricated so this is very very key and I think that um, you know 540 uh, milligrams of DHA is good but I you know if you have dry eye I would probably bring a little high maybe even up to a thousand but DHA is very important because again a lot of people are not getting uh, those fatty acids into their diet as they should now I mean obviously can you get this from um, you know eating fish every day and, and stuff like that yeah you can get a certain amount of it but you have to remember that you have to deal with the toxicity of fish and the mercury and those types of things unless you're getting them from an extremely reliable source so you know I would use the and I do use the DHA supplements as a protection or as a gap against any um, as protection against the gaps in my diet pretty much that's what you want to look at so very important getting these omega-3 supplements in your eyes and uh, to keep those things uh, keep those eyes healthy as you go okay next <clears throat> from Dr. John Duyard. This is excess belly fat linked to memory loss. Well, belly fat we know is a is a is a big problem in uh specifically I mean a problem in a lot of people, but specifically males who tend to have this belly fat issue. Now abdominal fat, just keep in mind that is much more inflammatory than other fat that accumulates around your body okay so because you know that a, a lot of times especially people with big uh, you know with excess belly fat that kind of a signal that there's actually a lot of liver fat going on as well because remember that you can actually clog up your liver with a lot you know with uh, what's called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease okay which is basically gumming up your liver with a lot of fats and sugars and you know just an excess of a lot of things that shouldn't you know that that uh, that shouldn't be in excess and basically this can spill over into your digestive tract as well and then cause a you know cause weight gain in that area now so you know getting back on track with that is gonna you know is gonna mean cutting back on some calories making sure you're changing your diet doing some exercise to help starting to burn this fat okay because this fat can be one of the hardest fat to lose okay it's very very problematic um, once you once you let it set in too far now one of the keys to it again is you know to look at your waist size okay and it's your, if your waist size uh, for example is more than half your height in inches so let's say you take your height in inches and you divide that in half okay that your waist size should not be more than that and if it is then you know you're heading on the wrong direction so you want to bring that down a little bit so you know <clears throat> any nutrients that are going to help bring down the white adipose tissue and bring down the inflammation as well as liver inflammation is going to be key to that but now uh, you know uh, talking about this study, it was a recent study published in the journal Neurology with 4,323 men and 2,764 women over 65 were evaluated for three from uh, from three different French sti uh, cities, and all the subjects were given a series of cognitive tests with a follow-up test after two to four years, depending on the test. The tests included uh, word fluency, visual um, working memory tests, and standard memory tests. The group who had blood sugar issues related to excess abdominal fat, blood pressure issues, and unhealthy cholesterol levels had a 20% increased chance 
to experience cognitive decline. So there was markers of cognitive decline that were actually being expressed because of you know the excess abdominal fat combined with blood pressure issues and healthy cholesterol levels. And again, abdominal fat does can signal those uh, those things as well. Now you have to remember also that um, you know di you know diabetes and uh, insulin resistance and those types of issues as well can also affect uh, you know can affect your memory can affect all different types of markers of inflammation in your body as well and you know and one of the things he says here and I quote and it's very very interesting 20 years ago the high end of normal fasting blood sugar was considered to be 120 then five to ten years later, that acceptable normal level came down to 110, and today we're more cautious, we're more cautious moving that figure around to 100. And from what I've seen, you know, my suggestion would be to don't get your blood pressure over 90, or I'm sorry, your blood sugar, your fasting blood sugar over 90. If you start to get it over 90, in my opinion, you're starting to head down, a, you know, a path that you really don't want to get to. So you kind of you got to have to watch that as you go, but. Um, you know, at the, the 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 point of this is that abdominal fat uh, is responsible for a lot of these issues, and now we're seeing including chance of cognitive decline. So again, this piggybacks on what I was saying, you know, on the other on the other articles that you have to include your DHAs, your fish oils, and those types of things. Um, and then combine that with other nutrients and exercise as well to not only bring down the cognitive decline, but also to bring down the belly fat, the belly fat, and you know this this uh, white adipose tissue that should not be there in the first place, and try to get it down a, as much as possible. So this kind of all works together. Okay, so um, you know I'm sure there's going to be more research on this, but at the end of the day, you can kind of look in the mirror and see if uh, your abdominal weight gain has gone out of control and if it has you want to work on getting that in the right direction because um, you know it's it's something that you just do not want to play with in my opinion okay next um, we're going to talk this is we're going to go over our nutrient for this week our spotlight is going to be on dandelion and dandelion has unsuspected health benefits such as inhibiting cancer cell growth. This is from Natural News uh, from P. Simard. Now, let's talk a little bit about dandelion and what it's all about. Okay, because you can get dandelion in teas as well as, uh, you know, a lot of different places. Dandelion greens are closely related to the sunflower plant family, which includes over 22,000 other plant species such as thistles and daisies. Now the dandelion leaves are recognized for the ability to purify the blood, help with digestion, and hamper the formation of hardened crystals known as gallstones. Now ongoing research is most importantly starting to show that dandelion may possibly turn out to be one of the exceptional alternative uh, for chemo-resistant forms of cancer, and there are a few of those, okay? So let's talk about the profile of dandelion greens. They contain extremely important uh, vitamins and minerals such as B6, theamine, riboflavin, vitamin C, iron, calcium, potassium, folate, magnesium, and manganese. And they may contribute up to 535% of the suggested daily intake of vitamin K, 
not to mention over 110% of the recommended daily intake of vitamin A. So, and they also contain, by the way, zeaxanthin, which is very specific in healing. It helps with the eyes as well. Another thing that helps with the eyes, it helps protect with protection against uh, uh, when the eyes come in contact with UV rays. So, how does dandelion help in cancer? Well, there was a study that they did, okay, and they showed uh, this was regarding chemo-resistant melanoma, which actually, uh, which is a form of cancer that affects those, usually those aged between 25 and 29, especially in North American young adults. And the Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry at Ontario's University of Windsor demonstrated that dandelion root extracts can effectively induce apoptosis in human melanoma cells without causing any forms of toxicity in the process. So think about that for a second. You're taking in dandelion, okay? Dandelion, just so you know, apoptosis in cancer is cell death, is a programmed cell death. So what the what the dandelion actually did was it actually it, it started to embed itself in the cancer cell and actually started to induce the death or the killing off of the cancer cell. But what was really interesting is that it actually started to, it, it, it not only did that, but it actually helped to, uh, did not affect the normal cells or the healthy cells at all. Again, another nutrient that does this. Um, there's so many nutrients now that are coming out that are doing this. Now, the, in the initial study, the chemical reaction created by the dandelion forced cancer cells to start disintegrating within the first 48 hours of treatment, and no time were the healthy cells affected. 48 hours. Think about that. In 48 hours, it, it literally started to help to make the, the uh, cancer, cell, cancer cells disintegrate. That's unbelievable to me. So this is, again, huge, huge regarding cancer, and, and, and specifically because this is chemo-resistant uh, cancer, again, you know, melanoma. Now, there's a lot of other, there's, there's other um, nutrients that also do this as well, um, and they've shown that curcumin is one of the big ones that does this. Uh, again, you know, known for killing off or, or, or causing apoptosis in cancer cells, but actually leaving the healthy cells alone. I mean, how do you get, how do you get better than this? Okay, this, this is kind of a blockbuster if you really think about it. Now, the, and here's the reason why this article came out, okay? Um, the reasons why this was big was because there was a 72-year-old uh, gentleman by the name of John DiCarlo, Okay, and it says he doesn't need to be convinced about it because he, what he did was he underwent aggressive cancer treatments and had been suffering for three years before the medical team had decided to send him home to spend a little time, the little time that he had left with his family. But what did he do? He actually started on a regimen, a very aggressive regimen of dandelion tea as the last resort. And within only four months, Mr. DiCarlo was in full remission and has stayed that way ever since. Right? Unbelievable, if you really think about it. It's unbelievable. So, the take-home message is this. Dandelion is one of the best things you can consume, whether it's in a tea. Some superfoods have it. I know the superfoods that I take have dandelion in it as well. 
Uh, but if you want it at higher concentrations, you can definitely drink a lot of that tea and get it, you know, get a lot in supplement form. It's excellent as well, but I mean, it helps with a lot of other things because it gives you a ton of vitamins and uh, minerals that you should be getting anyway. But we know that it's effective against cancer, you know, and that that 72-year-old gentleman is living proof. Um, just keep that in the back of your mind when you want to. Uh, you know, if you're dealing with any t- any of these types of issues. Now, I'm not saying this is a cure for cancer at all. No, I'm not saying that, okay? But, I mean, you know, that's a very effective article, and it's something just to keep in your back of your mind. All right. Finally, uh, this is from Dr. Uh, Joseph Marcola. Six simple tips to help prevent holiday weight gain. Well, the holidays are coming up, or they're upon us, really, but... You know, we already got through Thanksgiving, and I'm sure many of you uh, gained a little weight during then. And now we've got Christmas coming up, and of course you have, you know, holiday parties and, you know, lots of food and drink coming your way. And, you know, indulge yourself, have some fun, and, you know, because that's what the holidays are all about, having fun with friends and family and, you know, eating, letting things go and stuff like that. So, you know, you don't have to go crazy about this. You know, you go, you may gain a few pounds during that period, and you know, there's, you know, as long as you, as long as you keep things, you know, keep things in control, you're all right. You know what I'm saying? Because then afterwards, you know, you know, get yourself back on track, and you know, get yourself back down to the weight that you want to be. But anyway, um, you know, uh, holiday season is coming in, so we're going to talk, you know, just quickly about some tips to prevent the holiday weight gain, and um, and you know, eating wise anyway, then and you know, helping you out a little bit. So, tip number one, he says, keep a food diary to plan meals. Now, I'm going to read some of this so you kind of get an idea. Uh, you know, just basically, you know, keep a food diary uh, as far as what is eaten and then after it's eaten. By the time any poor decisions would have already been made, uh, instead, you know, try keeping a proactive food diary. That is, start your day with writing down exactly what you plan to eat and then stick with it. You know, while it's okay to, you know, allow yourself a treat here and there, but make sure that it's one that you planned on having, okay? Um, But it's useful to jot down your daily food intake and make some notes on it. Um, And, you know, again, you know, what he says here, the old adage is that if you you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. So just keep that, you know, make some notes, quick notes of what you plan to eat. And sometimes if you're going to holiday parties, you don't know what they're going to serve, obviously. So you, you may not be able to do that. But this is where you have to kind of control your food portions when you're actually at the party itself and just make the healthiest choices you can at the parties. Because a lot of parties nowadays are coming out with little healthier choices because they know that people are becoming a little more health conscious these days. Number two, eat when you're hungry. Okay, now... Um, you know, you don't, obviously, if you're trying to watch your weight, you don't want to eat when you're stuffed, or you don't want to eat when you're not hungry, because, uh, you know, you're screwing up all kinds of leptin signals, and all kinds of hormonal signals in your body when you're doing something like that, so you want to try to keep that in check, but, um, you know, what you want to, what you can do is, if you think that you're going to be famished, and what ends up happening is sometimes you may not you know, you may not eat anything and then you go to a holiday party and you're so famished that you eat everything you see because you, you're, you're, you're so hungry. So a far better bet is to eat reasonable meals beforehand. 
so that you feel satisfied and you're less likely to overindulge on sweets or stuffing and, and that type of thing. So things like you know eating a bowl of broth-based soup before a meal is good, um, and it also it's shown that it's actually helped to reduce your you know your the, the calories that you consume. Uh, by about 20%. Okay, and this includes a soup or maybe a nice soup or something like that. So, helps to kind of give you a little bit of uh, satisfaction right before you go, let's say, again to a party or your relative's house, and you know there's going to be a lot of food there. Um, to, you know, to help keep that um, that intake um, in check. Okay. Next, eat your fat first. Now listen to this, fat will help you to feel full while you are stimulating your metabolism. So snacking on your portion of these foods first before helping yourself to all the starchy sides and desserts may help you actually keep your cravings and total food intake in check. So good examples of this would be, you know, uh, of, of the good fats, olives, uh, you know, stuff with olive oil, coconut oil, butter, nuts, macadamia nuts are particularly useful as they are high in fat and low in protein. So that's something to keep in mind. Number four, go for a walk. So a brisk walk after a meal has several significant benefits. First, it helps you get away from the food. Okay, because you wanna you wanna get away from all that food that's it. Because in, you know when you're sitting there next to it, the more likely you're gonna start grabbing and picking and getting more and more. So you know it makes it less likely that you're gonna help yourself to seconds and overindulge in dessert upon your return. Because adult, you have to remember that even when you're eating at holiday holiday time, a lot of the desserts is what packs on the pound. The desserts is what packs on the pounds more than the actual food itself. Okay, second, while you're supporting your digestion and metabolism. The physical activity of actually going for a walk will help you to lower your blood sugar levels of insulin and, and insulin levels. Now, again, that was shown in previous research where they actually had people eat meals and then go for a 15 to 20 minute walk. It actually helped their blood sugar uh, stay down and helped to you know bring their blood sugar um, and their fat storing hormones and stuff like that down to where it needs to be. So, um, so go for a walk, you know, or go for, with your relatives or a quick walk to get you know. To help to help uh, metabolism in general. Number five, recondition your brain. Now this is one of the hardest things, okay? Because, again, many people's brains are conditioned, uh, you know, especially by unhealthy eating, you know, uh, uh, unhealthy eating. Okay, so, you know, for example, eating all these junk foods and your brain, you, you know, uh, sugar and fructose and all these things. And when you eat sugar, for instance, it triggers production of your brain's natural opiates. Okay, a key ingredient in the uh, in the addiction process. So it helps keeps your brain addicted to these things. So your, your brain essentially becomes addicted to stimulating the release of the opiates and then you basically end up eating more and more of the sugar and more and more of the sweet type of thing. So you want to try to kind of get out of that whole sweet, uh, you know, eating the sweetness type of thing. So try to do things to recondition your brain. One of the things he suggests here is EFT, which is Emotional Freedom Technique, which is a way you can actually disrupt yourself from uh, you know, and from from eating basically, or eating all these types of uh, foods, and actually um, you know get yourself away from it. Okay, so it's kind of like a you know becomes you can kind of distract yourself from that. Okay, so if if anybody needs some information on the modal emotional freedom technique or EFT, you can go to YouTube or Dr. Mercola's site, and he can give you some information on that. But it's a very effective tool, not only with stress reduction, but helps it has helped people with overeating 
has helped people with emotional problems, emotional issues, and it's it's a very good relaxing type of thing. So definitely check that out. But reconditioning your brain is one of the biggest things you can do. Again, helps with uh, helps with those types of issues. And then on number six, try intermittent fasting. Okay. Now keep keep in mind. Okay, here's one of the things that I talk about a lot. Okay. Um, number one. You know, your body's not used to the over-excess of food in general, okay? Why? Because through evolution, your body had to deal with fasting, okay? So through evolution, especially in the caveman days, your body was conditioning itself uh, to actually deal with food scarcity, okay? Or, you know, or you know, uh, not an overabundance of food. So your brain, now that, you know, you can get food anywhere, and you can't, again, people overindulging in the holidays or get food, you know, uh, in their corner store now, so people are more overindulging. So now you're, as a backup mechanism, obviously your brain tends to store the food, or it tends to store the food in your fat that you're overindulging. So you want to try to keep that in check. So one of the things you can do is intermittent fasting. So it says here our ancestors rarely had access to food 24/7, which is what I was talking about, and it makes sense that our genes are optimized for intermittent fasting. So it takes about six to eight hours for your body to metabolize your glycogen stores and after that you actually start to shift to fat burning okay this is why i say you know especially while you're sleeping making sure you're not eating a good time a good uh, amount of time before you go to bed this way because your body switches to fat burning okay but you want to give yourself some uh, you know a good amount of time to get into fat burning mode so now, our, the research suggests that fasting triggers a variety of health-promoting hormonal metabolic changes similar to those that occur when you exercise. So fasting is histor you know, historically commonplace as it has been part of spiritual practice you know, for thousands of years. So it helps to normalize your insulin sensitivity, normalize your ghrelin levels, which is your hunger hormone. It promotes growth hormone as well, helps to lower triglycerides, helps to reduce inflammation and the lessening of free radical damage. Okay. And has and has been shown to actually help with telomeres, which is actually the hormones uh, or the caps on your hormones that help you live longer. And also it helps to normalize leptin levels as well. So intermittent fasting helps with that in general. And I you know I would suggest that every now and then, whether it's holiday time or not. But coming up to the holidays, that can help you as well. Keep your body body in prime metabolic um, uh, efficiency, because you want metabolic efficiency. That is your goal, especially when you when you're trying to maintain your weight or lose weight, especially through the holiday season. So don't. So those are just some tips to help you through the holiday season. And uh, I mean, obviously, there's more things you can do. Obviously, those are just a few things you can try. But um, again, you know, holidays is for being with family, so don't go too crazy over it. Um, but just try to, the main thing is to try to keep your exercise um, going through the holiday season because you want to do that. And, um, and just try to make the healthiest choices you can, okay, because I know that's what I'm going to be doing, all right? All right, so I hope you guys got some information or good information this week that's going to help you. That's it for this week. If you have some questions for me, you can go to georgebatista.com where I do consulting. You can ask me some questions on there. Uh, so until, uh, until I speak with you again next week, make sure you make some wise choices. Enjoy the holidays. Get your shopping done. And as always, take care of yourself and be well.
Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Dutch's potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today.